What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the In-Situ Health and Fitness Podcast. On the Friday show, we wrap the week up with interesting things, teachable moments, and fun facts that will help you achieve your health and fitness goals. And as always, listener questions. So make sure you stick around all the way to the end because we've got a lot of good questions from you guys to answer. Real quick, guys, before we get into today's show, I just want to say thank you and give you something for free. This podcast has been growing massively over the last couple of months. It still blows my mind to see how many people are tuning in every single week. And that wouldn't be possible without you guys supporting the show by sending in your questions, sharing each episode with your family and friends, but most of all, leaving a five-star review and a positive comment wherever you listen to this podcast. That really does help us the most. And to say thank you, we're going to give you something for free from our shop. All you need to do is leave a five-star review and a positive comment, screenshot it, send it in to us, and we'll give you anything you want from our store for free. Any one of the eBooks or guides is yours. If you have already left us a comment, still you can go back, screenshot it, and send it in to us. And any of the eBooks or guides are yours for free. So this is a great opportunity to take your health and fitness to the next level and show your support for this show. I look forward to seeing all your positive comments and thanks in advance to get into today's show. Before we get into today's topics, I, I embarrassed myself during the week and I thought you would actually like this one a lot. If those long-term listeners will know that Mac used to pick on me for counting out my reps in the gym aloud. So every time I was exerting energy, I would count my reps. Just a good way to get through the set. Um, but I have been trying to keep it within and not count out my reps as I exercise. And I jumped in with one of, our, one of my clients the other day. I, th- I can't remember what we're doing. I think we're doing single leg deadlifts. And heavy ones. So those that know, single leg deadlifts, you need to concentrate and use energy. And you're trying to count your reps at the same time. And I'm not allowed to count them out loud. (laughs) So the client was actually asking me a question and I was up to the second rep. And by the time I got to my second rep, it was time for me to answer. And I answered with number two. (laughs) Oh, really? Because that's uh, all you could concentrate on? It was like a yes or no question and in staying, instead of saying yes or no, I said two. <laughs> so I, I don't know if he picked up on it or not, but I think he did and just sort of looked at me. But I like I was only up to rep two of eight or ten, so I had to keep going. So you didn't stop to explain yourself at all or give yes or no as the answer? No, I just, kept just going. gave him a two and kept going. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I guess he could have taken the answer that he wanted then. Yeah. That's funny. Um, I've been training by myself lately mm-hmm. because, so, oh, are you done with that story? Yeah, done. <laughs> That'll do. Um, <clears throat> because circumstances have changed. So it's like, it's hard. Mm. <laughs> I'll be honest. I think sometimes Jack and I forget how, because we always train with, like, you always train with a client or a friend. I always train at the same time that you train someone else. So I always have someone to talk to. And it just makes time go a lot easier. It makes me try a lot harder. But yeah, um, I've just been training by myself. And it's, I'll be honest, it sucks. <laughs> like coming from a group fitness background, I guess, having other people to push me and egg me on or 
just compare where I'm at with. Mm. And I feel like a lot of people listening to this either train at home or are going to be starting to train by themselves for the first time probably at a gym or something. Um, Yeah, I feel like you're about to say something on that. I was just going to say, yeah, it sucks and it's hard, but the clients I've had that can train by themselves, no matter what, get the best results. Yeah. Like, out, like by far. And those that have the discipline and to not only go to the gym and work out, but so, still push themselves and try and improve on what they did yesterday, um, those people get the best results. Yeah, I was going to, I guess, finish with that. Like me having to just be my own motivation in the moment has made like a very big difference mentally, I think, to my ability to train frequently and stuff like that. And I think because I have to train by myself, I've started looking, like I still follow the program that Jack writes mostly, (laughs) Um, but I've started looking for exercises that I genuinely enjoy doing or that are challenging enough that I like them because they're kind of satisfying and challenging at the same time. So I try to incorporate them into the start of my workout when I'm not really feeling it, because then by the time I'm, I've done the exercises that I enjoy, I'm ready to just push through and do what I don't feel like doing mm. anyway. And also I've changed from listening to music to listening to a podcast, which... Changes the mood. It just <laughs> definitely changes the mood, yeah. Yeah. Um, and look, the, I've sort of noticed that a little bit because when I'm sort of going off script at the moment because, yeah, things have changing and things are changing and all that sort of stuff. So I haven't been doing legs as much just because we haven't got access to a heavy barbell to do like squats and all the, you know, things that I like to do. Like if I'm doing legs, I want to do a heavy set of back squats because mm. I enjoy that. We haven't got access to that at the moment. So it's more like body weight exercises that sort of challenge your stability which is all always really good to do and having the program anyway i don't really necessarily like doing them but i still do them but the other day i caught myself going oh i don't really need to do legs today i did them yesterday and i'll probably do them tomorrow so i won't do them today and i'm like you know what do them first get them out of the way and then the rest of the workout is your reward for doing the the exercise you don't like yeah because legs are important you should train legs like depending on your program. I'm training them every day at the moment, but just that one day I was like, you know what, I probably won't do it. But then I'm like, no, just get them done, get the shit exercise out of the way, and then you can enjoy the rest of the workout. Um, but I also wanted to mention like, yes, you training by yourself, going to the gym, like training in your home gym is even harder because it's at home to try and disconnect and all that sort of stuff. So yes, it's good to have that discipline. And when you're motivated, it's super easy. Even when you're not motivated and you know you don't want to push that hard or you don't want to do your leg exercises, just being consistent with going and doing something is mm. better than nothing. Like um, I asked a question in our private group on our, on the coaching app and said, you know, motivation is BS. Like, what are you going to do once motivation runs out? Because everybody's motivated at the moment because you know, new year, yeah. new you, all that sort of stuff. And eventually it's going to run away, run away, run out. Like you might be off work at the moment or off school and all that sort of stuff, but you have all this time in the world, you're relaxed, 
you know, you can recover quite well, but sooner or later, school or work's going to pick back up and you're not going to have that time. So what are you going to do when that happens? Mm. And um, Nick, one of our clients in there said, I just get into the gym and just do some upper body stuff because generally I've been on my legs all day and my lower body's tired. So I'll just do some upper body stuff and get a pump on and I'm like, perfect. Yeah. Like still picking up that consistency, still going to the gym, just doing the exercises he enjoys. But yeah, you haven't got the motivation to do a full workout. Who cares? Just do something. Something just, is better than nothing, right? Yeah, exactly. So just consistency is still the key there, no matter what your motivation level is at. Yeah. And something is always better than nothing. Exactly. One thing that I've been tr- experimenting with this, probably just this week, is um, ladder breathing. Have you you have you heard of it? Maybe. I anyway. I read it in. I'm reading the book. What's it called? Tools of titans no tribe of mentor i don't know a tim ferris book and it's they do he just it's just a collection of his interviews with really great people pretty much but one thing that came up was ladder breathing and so spell that out ladder like as in a ladder you climb to get to the roof Mm -hmm. um and it's you're it's intended to do in between like gassy exercises so if you do like burpees or sprints or I've been only using it pretty much when we do like split lunges, heavy split lunges. Is that what the, splits? Split wait, squats. Is that what it's called? Split squats. Split squats. Anyway, yeah, I've been doing it in between my split squats because I find them very gassy if you yeah, go heavy are, enough. Um, anyway, and what it is is rather than just having a rest and just standing around <coughs> or checking social media which just throws me off track um i've been trying to do this ladder breathing and it's like before you do the exercise you decide how many breaths you're going to take in between the next set so i do it in between legs so if i do my left leg first say i do 12 reps and i decide okay i'm going to take 12 breaths before i can do the next exercise rather than resting for a minute and it just it makes me i found it makes me a lot more ready to do the exercise and I have a lot more power output to do the, rex- ex- the next exercise because I've taken 12 breaths to focus on my heart rate, my breathing, my body and everything. So I, I've, it's like I've recovered a lot faster maybe before I go into the next set. Mm. And I've just found it super beneficial because otherwise I'll just walk around in circles like listening to my podcast or... I've noticed a lot of people on social media put up question boxes and be like, ask me a question, I'll answer it on my rests at the gym. That is so extremely very time consuming in my mind and it just takes you out of your body, away from your body, away from the thing that you're like, the exercise and everything. So this is the opposite of that, just brings you right into your body, I guess. Yeah, and there's a lot of benefits to that. Like we could talk all day about the benefits of just concentrating on your breath yeah outside of the gym as well yeah just doing that anytime is beneficial but yeah doing it at the gym in between reps um in between sets sorry is a great way like it it brings more oxygen into your bloodstream which gives you more like you said you even notice more output Mm. when you're doing the exercises so not only that like not only are you getting you know the most out of your exercise because there's nothing worse than doing an exercise and just doing it and not connecting with it because 
you like although you're doing it if you're not connected to it and you're not doing it properly then you're getting nothing from it yeah so it's a waste of time so yeah it's a great way um and like just a little side note it's actually really good to rest in between each side so a lot of people will if we're doing on just a little side tangent here sorry but if you're doing split squats and you do your left leg first people will go straight into the right leg and then rest where you should rest in between sides as well because it your body just it doesn't know you're doing left side to right side it's just noticing you've just done you 20 guess. reps yeah like if you're doing 10 reps each side your body doesn't care which side it is it's just 20 reps in total yeah so rest so you can give both sides the equal amount of effort yeah i i remember when you told me that and i started doing it it just changed my approach to split squats altogether like i hated them because they were so gassy because you do your left side then your right side and you're like <gasps> yeah like done yeah and then i found that if i did my left side first and then i did my right side second I wouldn't go full depth. I wouldn't go full extension. Like my form wasn't as good because I was so gassed and I was just trying to get them done so that I could have a rest. Yeah. Whereas now both sides are immaculate form. And another side tension of that. So like obviously split rear, rear foot elevated split squats are a great exercise for your booty. And if you're trying to build muscle, then you need to give maximum effort to each side and you can't do that after 20 reps. Otherwise you'll end up with one big butt cheek and one small yeah, butt cheek. Yeah, because a lot of people will always start on their dominant side. So if you're right-legged, you're always going to start on your right leg. Yeah. So your left leg's never going to get as much as the right leg. Uh, but if you give it that rest in between, both sides get equal amount of effort. And, you know, again, if you go too many and gash yourself, it goes into more cardio and your body switches energy systems. Mm. So it's not in the muscle building signal area, it's in the cardio. Oh, yeah. So you sort of, again, little side tangent, but might as well get the most out of your exercise if that's your goal. Yeah. Building a booty. Okay, another thing that I took from this same Tim Ferriss book mm -hmm. this week is, um, you know, when we, sorry, I'm just going to, before I get into this quote, when we did our review, our goal setting podcast, I was like, I'm going to read every day this year. So far, so good, everybody. <laughs> That's why I've got so many good facts for you guys. But this one is from Peter Atia, And I think a lot of you probably will know of him. I'm pretty sure we spoke about him when yeah, we did a review. Everybody would know him from the Chris Hemsworth. Limitless, Limitless series. series. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so this, I guess this was probably quite an old interview because this is quite an old book now. He's been around for ages. I've yeah. been following him for, yeah, since he's been on Tim Ferriss show. Yeah. And that was 2015-ish. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, so in summary, he's like the OG longevity guy, right? Yeah. So if somebody's been around for that long and they're still the expert that everybody goes to for longevity and they've been doing it for that long, yeah. then you know his shit works. He knows like, something that yeah. we don't know. You should listen. To, like, when he talks, listen. Anyway, the quote that I pulled from the book was, if you're over 40 and you don't smoke, there's about a 70 to 80% chance that you'll die from one of four diseases, heart disease, stroke, cancer, or neurodegenerative disease, which is Alzheimer's What's the other one that we always talk about? Um, uh, no. What's it? <laughs> anyway, brain disease. <laughs> yeah. So 
70 to 80 percent chance that you'll die from one of the all four the big four they're called usually mm-hmm. this quote just hit me really hard mm. <laughs> like i was reading it in the morning and jack was out training with a client and i went out to the shed and i was like can you guys believe that there's 70 to 80 percent chance that we're going to die one of the big four and jack and trev were like well yeah <laughs> duh <laughs> and i was i just like we talk about longevity and i think about longevity a lot and our lifestyle is sort of i guess focused around living as long as we can and that's like one of our big goals is to live as long as we can but i never really think about death like i think about longevity but i don't think about what longevity means and i guess what i get from this is longevity means preventing yourself from getting one of the big four for as long as you can right Mm. because once you get one of the big four it's it's just a matter of time before you you die pretty much most cases 70 70 to 80 percent of the time apparently um so yeah i don't know that was just like a big wow moment like there's these four diseases that kills 70 to 80 percent of the population yeah so to put that in perspective everybody listening at home, think of nine other friends, put yourself in that 10, so that's 10 people. Eight of those, probably including yourself, are gonna die from one of those four diseases. Yeah. And what is one thing that we've talked about pretty much every single episode that reduces the risk of all those four? Resistance training. Yeah. So resistance training, I know this wasn't sort of what you want to talk about, but I just wanted no, to no, bring no, it up. Was, yeah. But resistance training works better than any other drug, any other therapy, anything that you can think of. Works resistance training works ten times better than anything out there to reduce the risk of getting those four. Yeah. So just let that sink in again, and that's why we say resistance training should be the basis of any good healthy life. Yes, then you can go out and do smash out anything else you want to do but a good resistance program two to three days a week is what you need to be healthy like just as important as food and all that sort of stuff resistance training you need to be doing to reduce the risk of those four like it should be the the absolute minimum thing that you do yeah and give it enough time unfortunately as a medical industry does take a lot of lot long time to catch up well unfortunately and fortunately because it weeds out all the shit things but give it another 10 years and doctors will be prescribing resistance training for health instead of going here's a drug to reduce that heart disease that you've got here's a script to go see somebody to do resistance resistance training training. well like people like peter atia already like he is an md Mm. um but not in the traditional sense like he i'm not actually sure if he sees patients yeah he does. Yep. Um, but he like obviously already prescribes things like diet change and exercise and whatever he spoke about on the mm. Limitless TV series. Um, I forget when. Um, actually, probably if you want to dive into that a little bit deeper, I'd say probably the Andrew Huberman interview with him yep. is probably the best recent one that he's done. Like the Limitless... Uh, Doco is good, but they they sort of skim over a lot where the Huberman podcast, they go into everything a lot deeper. So 
not, not just cold exposure and making it look pretty for TV, like they actually dive into it and, you know, what minimum things do you need to do to reduce the risk of death? Yeah. He also has his own podcast, doesn't he? Peter Tia? Yeah. Yeah. Not that I don't think I've actually listened to one of his episodes. I'm sure that the Hubes one is the best one that you'll find. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. That's it? Yeah. Listen to questions. Didn't you bring any, where are your fun facts, interesting things, beautiful topics? Okay, well, I did have a quote um, that I've seen that I thought was interesting, but I was going to say it for next week. But now that you're getting angry at me, I'll well, bring it up now. Well, Jack's weakness is being underprepared for everything always. <laughs> All right, so this goes on to sort of what we talked about over the last couple of weeks with gold setting and body image and all that sort of stuff. You can't. You can't hate your body into a version that you love. So basically you can't go into a gym, destroying your body, thinking you're worthless and you deserve to be in all this pain, all that sort of stuff. Because even if you get the, I'm gonna use quotation, air quotations here, the results that you want, you're still unhappy with your body. So mm. you're still gonna be chasing goals that uh, non-existent so you've got to love your body the way it is but want to improve it in a good way if that makes sense a way you could do that is by focusing on not dying instead of just <laughs> trying to be shredded yeah and 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 that's the thing there's whole there's all these other ways around it like you can for guys you can take you know testosterone pep, peptides women can take pep, but those as well if they want to but you can take all these things that enhances your body so you get those results super quick but because you've done it in a non-loving way you're going to get those results and go oh well you know i'm not really big enough there so like you start picking the shit out of your body yeah because you've got these body image issues issues and where if you go into it like, yeah, I want to live as long as possible, you know, I'm happy with the way I am, but I just want to live longer, you you will get results, like body composition goal results in the end, um, but you're just doing it a healthy and a, in a loving way. What we used to always say, uh, what did we, we, there used to be a thing we always said about if you focus on being healthy, then the physical results will follow. Yeah. Which is true because... If you are the healthiest version of yourself, then you're not going to look terrible hmm. in any case. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I did have one study, but I'm, like, I'm going to save it for next week. Okay. Fine. So I'm just going to give everybody a teaser now. So this study was done on body composition. So while we're on the topic, body composition goals. It was a meta analysis, analysis of, I think it was about 126 studies. Hmm. So quite a lot of people over those studies. It's not just like a group of 10 guys did this study. It's quite a um, you know, vast range. What do you think gets better composition goals? Uh, endurance training, a combination of resistance and endurance, or just endurance, uh, just resistance? What do I think gets better composition goals? Mm. Body composition. So if you're, if you do want to get better composition goals like lower your body fat build more muscle should you do endurance training or cardio should you do a combination of cardio in like cardio and resistance or just resistance well i want to say just resistance because that's the whole thing that bodybuilding is built on right i'm gonna leave that until next week god
<laughs> Listen to questions. Okay, the first one is how to manage hunger in a calorie deficit. This wasn't a direct question, but I've had something around this question a lot the last couple of weeks because everyone is dieting. <laughs> um, how to manage hunger in a calorie deficit. We've spoken about it a few times before on the podcast, in the blog, everywhere really. But the first, the very, very first thing that I would say is you're going to be hungry when you're in a calorie deficit because you're eating less than you need. That's what a calorie deficit is. And I think it's very important if you're a first time calorie counter or you've done it multiple times before even, that you find what your maintenance calories are or you just find what you're eating. Maybe mm. you're in a surplus and you don't even know it because you haven't tracked your calories for the last three months. So I would say that just track your calories and then gradually decrease your calories because that means you're going to feel less hungry if it's gradual. If you are eating 2,800 calories and you have been for the last three months and then all of a sudden you cut to, I don't know, 1,600 calories, of course you're going to be hungry because mm. you've just gone from one extreme to the other. Mm. So it's very important to gradually decrease. And the next, the next most important thing I would say to focus on is like the energy density of the food you're eating versus the volume. So when I say energy density, I guess, like think of, what's a good example? Nuts. They are very energy dense. I'm not saying you shouldn't eat them, but if you eat a small amount of nuts, they're not going to fill the actual space in your stomach very much. Like they've still got a lot of energy in them, but they leave your stomach feeling empty. Whereas if you eat the same amount of broccoli, yeah, broccoli, like salad, it's going to fill the physical space in your stomach. So your stomach will send the signal that you're full and you're not actually, you don't need any more food right now. Yeah. So a good example of that is the old saying, like what's heavier, a kilo of bricks or a kilo of feathers? Yeah. Like, Kilo of feathers is takes up a lot more room than a kilo of bricks. Yeah. It could just be one, probably not even one brick, but like eat the feathers because it's more volume and it goes in your belly and fills up your belly and it, and your body gets that signal of my belly's full, stop eating. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the next thing I would suggest is make sure you're eating enough protein because obviously that tells your body that you are full it's very filling it's very satiating but i'm sure that if you're listening to this podcast you already know that and then the other thing i think that is kind of overlooked is make sure that you're eating like a variety of vitamins and minerals because if you are in a calorie deficit and you're just eating chicken rice and broccoli over and over then of course it's not going to be satisfying number one because it's boring and it's bland and also if you aren't getting like a good balance of vitamins and minerals, then you're going to end up lacking somewhere and it causes imbalances. So then you're never going to really be satisfied because your body doesn't have the vitamins and minerals that it needs to function well. Mm. And I think that's very overlooked because we can easily fall into the pattern of eating the same thing every lunch, every breakfast or whatever your scenario is. Yeah, definitely. Um, Have I missed anything? No, I'd just say, like, just recap, find your calorie maintenance, mm -hmm. just track your calories and slowly bring it down. Uh, like, everybody does this, you know, you, and it might not just be at the moment, like, people go out, have a huge weekend, like a huge bender, Friday, Saturday, 
even Sunday night, and then, oh, shit, I've got to stop eating for two days. Yeah. It's like, it's the same, same as that, like, that not eating for two days after a huge bender is pointless. Like, just go back to normal and um, find your calorie maintenance and just start again. Like, it's just not, don't go on these huge swings of, I'm eating, t- like, you know, especially when you do cut too low, eventually you're going to give in and have a huge bender and eat whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Drink, drink heaps, eat heaps, all that sort of stuff. Um, so just, you know. I'm pretty sure we've done a podcast on this exact topic before, but also if you want more sp- like specific help and steps on how to find maintenance maybe you need a reverse diet for a little bit how to cut your calories how quickly to cut your calories i have like step-by-step process of this in the fat loss guide which is on the in situ collective website and for the month of january if you use the code pineapple 50 you can get it for half price Mm. and it will literally walk you through how to find the right calories for where you're at right now yep um, just one thing I have noticed and had a conversation about with a client is just watch the calories you drink as well. Mm. Uh, this, so this client was drinking about five coffees a day, so medium-sized coffees with milk. So by the time you add that up, that's you know that could be close to a liter of milk a day, <laughs> and that's quite a lot of calories. And yeah. if you're not adding that into your calorie intake then you know you might be thinking you're in a calorie deficit but you're actually drinking an extra 500 to a thousand calories yeah like you're throwing a soft drink in there just because you think oh no it's just a soft drink it's just fine. liquid even like i know like zero calorie drinks and all that sort of stuff like yes they could be zero calories but i'd just be careful of those as well i would just say on the zero calorie drink thing that it's so contra that that topic is so controversial so on controversial. the internet. Yeah. Um, but just from what I've learnt in the science, like having a zero calorie drink still has some sort of sweetness, so it still does the hot the same like signaling processes when you eat sugar. So if you have a zero calorie drink, you're probably gonna like the next day or two days after increase your desire for sugar. You know, right. The, the best way to do it is just not drink them. Yeah. At all. Like yeah. there's with something that has so much controversy, it's probably just avoid like, it. Just, just avoid it. Like it, yeah. Anyway, next question. Okay, how much exercise is too much? Um, good question. I'd say it just depends on the volume and the intensity. So, um, if you're doing a hundred reps of a hundred pull-ups a week, you know, one hundred pull-ups in one day is quite a lot. But then if you break it up over seven days, it's not so bad. Mm. And you could do pull-ups every day because you're breaking it up. Um, and then, like, if 100 is maximum effort and it leaves you absolutely ruined, then it's too much intensity. Take the intensity back and just do half that. So it's just it, it's a very hard question to answer. But just know yourself. Like, if you're going to go out and run and you've never run before, don't go out and do 10Ks. Yeah. Do a couple hundred metres. Then the next day, do a couple hundred metres and just keep adding on slowly. And then by the time you get to, you know, 5Ks, then you can add in a couple of sprints every now and then, up the intensity. Just don't go in and sprint out 5Ks or 10Ks straight away. So it's just be smart about it and just increase slowly. I talk about that all the time with resistance training, running, cardio, all that sort of stuff. Just 
ease into it and add a little bit each day. I would also say, I would, uh, I don't know, I feel like when people ask this question, it's sometimes it's almost like they want an excuse to have a rest day from exercise. But like I would consider walking exercise, mm. right? And we walk every day. Like I would recommend that everyone walks, if you don't have a, like a physically demanding job, walks at least 20 minutes every single day because if you have a day off exercise there's what you how many hours are we awake for in the day it's 24 hours in a day right and if you're only exercising for 20 minutes it's not that's not much time at all mm. like what do you do for the rest of the time when if i ever think about not doing any exercise for the day i'm like well what am i actually doing for the other 12 hours or whatever it is yeah. like sitting down like most likely so i think if you can do something that's low intensity like walking every day it's never going to be too much because it doesn't even begin to counteract the amount of sitting or nothing that you do mm. um just on that i did see a quote just before busy is a choice mm. so if you're too busy to walk 30 minutes in a day, it's actually you're choosing everything else over walking. Yeah. So Because you don't hold it in higher regard. So um, just have a think about what it, like what is making you busy and is it as important as walking? Yeah. Like I'd say no because there's a lot more benefits to walking because you're going to live a lot longer and be happier and all these other benefits. So sacrifice something else so that thing gets put on the too busy list yeah i think if you are like a bit person that's too busy to walk it's obviously like something to do with work maybe kids but like just be smart <laughs> like this is going completely off the topic but you, if you could plan like your calls at the time that you go for a walk like, I'm sure that there's a lot of time when you're just sitting at your desk not actually having to be on the computer, you know what I mean? Like, there's I always... Of, I see a lot of mums take their kids for walks, like we see it every day. Every day, yeah. Um, you know, like, you mightn't walk as far or as fast as you'd like to, but at least you're outside doing something. Um, let's get really specific with the question before we move on to the next one. If someone has a training program or they're going... Say someone's going to the gym... How many days a week would you say? It depends on the exercise I know, but just give a general, if you're doing resistance training, go this many days. If you're doing... I'd say resistance two to three times a day, a uh, week and some type of cardio once to twice a week. Okay. Just to give someone like some so sort that? of structure. That's about five days a week, yep. two rest days in there. But again, those rest days, you're still doing something like walking. Yoga. If you want to go to the gym, just go and do... Mobility. Mobility stuff, work... Like you can go to the gym and just work on technique. Yeah. Don't go heavy. Don't do anything. Just work on a movement. Like you're still burning calories. You're still moving your body. You're still activating muscles. Just get really good at back squats. Mm. Empty barbell, but you're just getting really good at the movement. Like um, just something like that. Just like very, but that's very low intensity. You're probably only going to do it for 20 minutes and that'll do. Yeah. Okay. Last question. What is a good age to start having protein shakes? This is, I feel like this question comes from like the, from what people understand about protein shakes, it comes from advertising. And the advertising is completely wrong to what protein shakes actually are. Um, I don't, like you can have, there's probably protein, some sort of protein, there is some sort of protein, so, protein source in 
formula that you give to babies. Yeah. So, well, how do they grow otherwise? Well, that's and that's exactly right. So, whey protein is the most popular protein out there. Um, it is, it it's a byproduct of um, yogurt and cheese, which is a you know comes from milk. Mm-hmm. That milk is, you know, produced from by a cow to give to a calf to help that calf grow from a baby. So, um, you know, you probably give your baby babies milk. From a cow, yeah, which is completely fine. It's it's a great source of protein, all that sort of stuff. So, whey is just like three steps down the road of processing. So, it's just like it's just another form of that in a different. Like, I'd I'd say it's. Like, I'd do your own research and go into your own ethics and all that sort of stuff. Um, affordability comes into it as well. Um, like, I just like. My, I, yeah, my thing would just be get the best possible quality protein if you are going to give it to a infant or a child or a teenager. But that's I say that for everybody. Like mm. you get what you pay for. If you're gonna get cheap shitty protein, then there's risk of all sorts of issues happening. If you get a good quality one, there's not as much risk. Yeah, I think it's I think any age is fine to be honest i follow dietitians and nutritionists on instagram who are quite popular and like well known and they have young kids and rather than giving their kids a nesquik or a milkshake or whatever the american version is they make like a protein shake Mm. the special drink rather than a milkshake which is just pure sugar like why does no one ask at what age is too young to give my kid sugar yeah like it's just drives me nuts but I think that, yeah, it's like, it's not like something that they need every day, like adults consume after a workout or Mm. anything like that, but just replace things that are like packed with sugar, like what I just mentioned, with a protein shake. And I don't know, it's just like a win-win. Way better. Yeah. Way better. Like, yeah, it's a whole nother topic. But um, I'll just say like, but also protein shakes are a supplement. Don't rely on them. Yeah is your kid getting enough protein if not yeah protein shake yep like that's it it shouldn't be as complicated as that like it's simple like that get enough protein out of real foods as possible top it up with a protein shake yeah if you even need it like i think a lot of people wouldn't even know how much protein their kids are taking in um like i'd be absolutely scary to see how much sugar they're actually taking in and people don't even give that a second thought yeah all right on that scary note we'll leave it there um i guess figure out how much sugar your kids are having (laughs) (laughs) and we'll talk to you all in the next show as always appreciate everybody for giving us your questions listening commenting all the support uh we love you guys and we'll talk to you in next tuesday show bye